Welcome to Tales of Wales, the pod that never fails to... Oh, nothing. I've got nothing. i got nothing. My mind's been gone blank. <laughs> no, let me try again. Welcome to Tales of Wales, the pod that never fails to teach you some history you might not have heard of. You might never have even nice. known it existed about Wales. Lovely Wales. Isn't that in England? It's not fucking in England, you fucking dog. You dirty dog. You dirty fucking dog. <laughs> you fucking pig. You fucking you pig. pig. You fucking pig. You fat you pig. Shep the mallet pig. You shep the mallet pig. <laughs> We need Sorry. to do like when we, next one we're doing uh, we're doing live together. I'll be yeah. there with like my cue card, you know, like in fucking Love Actually, and be going <laughs> the part that never fails to, and I'll be yeah. flicking him away. Privy to this intro, I was just saying to Jack, I was like, "Oh, you do the pod. I can never remember the intro for it." <laughs> and then he's, like, "Oh, you just riff it." I was like, oh, yeah, actually, I'll just riff it. First, I do I panic and start shouting, yeah. um, brain gone. Also, if you'd heard the intro to the last one, you'd have heard how giddy I was that we're back doing this a bit more frequently because Jack's back from his halls uh, and I had a weekend off booze. So, but now I'm about six carlins deep. So this second episode is going to be a bit more lucid than the first one. Oh, and yeah. my enthusiasm is... Lucid goosey. But do you have any... Oh, we were saying, if it's the last episode, we're reading out uh, reviews at the start of the episode. Um, because it's we really, really appreciate you dropping the reviews. We, we were reading that. We decided we were going to read them out at the end. But then, um, you know, as much as we appreciate the reviews, you fickle bastards sometimes don't listen to the end of the uh, Well, the we don't have evidence so of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm no. basing that on what I do, because <laughs> sometimes I just oh, fair enough, at yeah. the end. Yeah. So I mean, they, they you know, I'm, I'm happy to not actually base it on evidence and just base it on personal <laughs> yeah. experience. But um, we thought we'd, um, yeah, start reading them out at the start of the episode. Instead and of saying, say, yeah, and we appreciate you dropping them. So the Give you a bit of feedback. Give you boys a bit of feedback, you know? Yeah. And girls, come on now. Boys is a collective. It's like saying, oh, you're right, guys? You're right, yeah, boys? B-O-I-S. One of the boys? Welsh, yeah, boys. Welsh boys. Boys Bach. Yeah, it's yeah. all of us. You'd say it? boys bark to girls, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah you'd say that, wouldn't you? You fucking you'd dog. You'd say, right, back me up. Don't, <laughs> you fucking pig, you fucking shut them out of pig. <laughs> anyway, so, yes, we're going to do some reviews at the start now. And uh, I wanted to, I'll read you out this one that we, we selected special for the episode. This is from Moonface Matt from yeah, Apple moon. Podcasts. And the title is Full of Fact and Fun. And he said, it's seems fact, like plural, great... or, or... Yeah, I think <laughs> it's meant to be facts. I hate to critique you, Moonface no, Matt, no, I, but... I, I think he means there was one fact. The rest of it. Oh, full of that right. one fact, I think. Full of one fact. But hey, fun. Maybe just one fun, who knows. But, um, <laughs> uh, so he said, seems like a really great couple of lads and really enjoying the content. This pod was a hidden gem I stumbled across, and I'm glad I did. I went to uni in Wales and have always felt an affinity towards the place. It's cool to learn about the history. Deal. Well, I'll tell you what, you... Moonface Matt, that warms my <laughs> fucking heart at me. And the affinity is reciprocated. You are one of us. One of one us. One of us. He is a boy spark. Absolutely. He is a boy spark. Just one, about Matt. One of the boy spark. Matt. I'm assuming um, your name's Matt with that nickname. So, yeah, <laughs> oh, sorry, cheers, Mr. Moonface. Mr. Moon. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> have you uh, have you got anything to uh, regale us with? Because I, I had a, I was an awkward. Oh, go on. Oh no, go on. You you can go first, and then I'll I'll regale yeah. you with a tale of download. Oh yeah, it's your little your little rock fair. Rock on. Oh, rock fair. <laughs> but yeah, mine was just today where uh, I got off, I I because I work remotely um, and I can't be asked speaking to people. I don't tend to engage too much with people in work. They're amazing. They're such lovely people. I just don't mm. really chat too much to them. Um, but I've been speaking to one a bit more recently, and she's really fun. We have like a she has a dog, her partner and her have a dog together. Me and my fiance have a dog together, and they've just got a new puppy. So like we we're talking about the puppy stages of having a dog. 
Classic her, chat, yeah. Yeah, and her partner lives in Greece. And uh, and then we'd like, we would talk about like, oh, the, the early, like, do you crate train them? Do you do this? Do you do that? And all this sort of stuff. And then she says, oh, yeah, but, and, uh, but Diego gets quite sad. And I was like, oh, Diego, that's such a brilliant name for a dog. And he went, no, Diego's yeah. my Greek partner. So like, no. <laughs> oh dear! And then I like, overcompensated. Oh yeah, no, no, no! Like it's a great name for a person, perfect name for a person. But oh, what a you, name for go, a dog. No, I was joking. Actually, I was making <laughs> no, a joke. I, I was you like, didn't get it. <laughs> it's like when people call their dog Dave. You know, like a, a human name. <laughs> Just a fucking scrabbling, floundering. The one, the one connection you've made him work, and you fucked it already. <laughs> yeah, I called a boyfriend a dog, a dirty yeah. little dog. A dirty little dog, dirty fucking dog boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, my anecdote. Is, I got a couple of little ones. Uh, so I went to download. You should, be like, when, you should say it less prescriptive. <laughs> you shouldn't make it sound so. It's more uh, to organise uh, in my own head because I can't yeah. think too yeah, far ahead because I confuse natural. myself. Oh <laughs> right, Jesus! <laughs> my my anecdote to get this podcast oh. off the ground. And the critic award goes to fucking Alan Franks. My my God! Don't designate me on this podcast. <laughs> Don't push me by. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was in Download Festival. Anyone listening to the last episode, because we're doing a doubler tonight, will have heard that. And um, yeah, you can tell we're fucking snippy with each other. Yeah, for a old horse. It's so yeah, hot. Yeah. It's so head up. It may be in two weeks' time the fucking uh, heat wave has died down, but it is in oh, full throttle so. right now. I think is I love the sun. I love and sitting in a beer garden yeah. in the sun, but the heat yeah. I cannot take the heat. I can't um, abide it. It was no different in download, right? All, all my download boys, right? Anyone who does and the crossover, the rear crossover between Welsh history enthusiasts and download uh, ticket purchasers, uh, they all know that there was a thirty thousand extra people later this year. Um, what compared to last year? Compared to the last one, yeah, um, or compared to just normal. And guess what? Heat and crowds it don't mix. Don't mix well at all. Not very nice. Um, and it's because of the mosh pits and shit like that, and it's so dry. It kicks up dust into the air. Uh, and I was wearing my glasses and everything, my sunglasses, but the dust was going in my eyes, and I was like, it was making my eyes like weep. I was weeping. And someone came out to me and was like going, oh, it is a brilliant set though, isn't it? I was like, I'm not crying at the fucking band, you div. Like, fucking Jesus. Like, I was like, because I was really wiping my eyes, but occasionally if I left it, tears would be rolling out. And yeah, I was just thinking, what do you think I'm so fucking so into this band? That I'm going, it's the most fucking beautiful thing, oh my God. I was like, oh, but fuck off, will you, Jesus. And um, yeah, then another one was... Um, another story I had there. So I would go with um, a couple of mates... And then, like, there's a there's a bigger crowd that they're a part of that I sort of see literally only every time I go to download. All the very nice people. Uh, there's a guy I hadn't really talked to before. I think his name was Lee Roy. I think Lee Roy. Lee Roy. Lee Roy Jenkins. And uh, <laughs> and um, he's a young lad. He was got to be in his twenties, early twenties. And I think on the second day he shat himself. And. Oh. Um, <laughs> he was going. It was so funny. The next named him as well. <laughs> he gave all Leroy uh, the No, no, Leroy Jenkins. I was making an allusion no, to. No, no, um, no. I know, no. But Lee. Oh, I thought, oh, you were saying, like, I thought you meant his name was joke. Lee Roy. I thought his name was Lee Roy. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it was Leroy. I might be getting that wrong. Yeah. But anyway, same shit himself. And then he was like, I was talking to him the next day. We uh, we crossed paths in the shower block. Yes, it's grim. Um, and uh, I was like, Oh, you're right, mate. How are you feeling? And he was like, Oh, no, not great. I shot myself. And I was like, oh, right. I said, fucking hell, really? And he went, yeah. He said, I'm, he said, I piss myself all the time. Like, no problem with that. I've got no problem with that. But shit myself. He was like, that's like a new personal best for me. And I was like, personal best? What a way to describe it. And anyway, I was like, well, you know, good luck with it, mate. You know, have have a good one. But he was kind of a saving grace because it was, download was four days this year instead of three. And I was thinking, oh, that's, that's class. Another full day of drinking. But by the fourth day, my body was fucking broken. And like I was like, I can't do this anymore. But I passed Leroy, who uh, I, I talked to. And I was going, oh, you all right, mate? Oh, and he's oh, like, what's that smell? Enough. Oh, yeah, I've shat myself again. <laughs> but no, he, um, he was like, oh, I've had enough now. I've had enough. You know, I'm not drinking today. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hang on. I've just had like my first can. Therefore, I am just as good and just as healthy 
as like a young 20 year old there's life in the old dog yet i can i can keep this going forever i'll never die no nothing I thought you were going to say something happened. (laughs) No, does it? That was my revelation. So your revelation was you can drink for four days. Yeah, still. If I can out-drink a 20-year-old. That's silent. That was was a revelation. I I cannot believe you thought that was your road to Damascus moment of... This wasn't a fucking punchline thing. I was just trying to tell a tale. Good God. What's the tale? Oh, I'm really good at being an alcoholic. No, the tale is, I look, it's a tale of fucking I'm adventure. a legend. You don't have get you it. I'm a legend. Listen, hero's journey, you have heard of it? Yeah, read a fucking book. It's fucking... If, you, mate, if you go to fucking, go to Spoons, you'll see someone doing their fucking thousands day on the cans. Yeah, but I was struggling. It's a personal journey. I My hero's journey, I thought I had it all. I thought I could drink with a master of Got to fucking day three. I was struggling. Steve Rudder thinking, am I past it? Am, am I facing my own mortality? It's okay. I've seen a little young'un that couldn't, that there was stopped drinking and I could. And I was like, yes, I've still got it, baby. I'm renewed. I've got life again. Tortoise and the hair. Step. A modern yes. Aesop's fable. Exactly. And you fucking, <laughs> it was met with fucking silence. I, I God, I never felt believe. so low. I found myself so low as when I said finished it and I went, right, nothing, is it? <laughs> I was definitely thinking, oh, maybe he's like having a gulp and he's ready to tell me what happened next. I'll be able to see that in the fucking edit because it'll be a fucking straight line on the old, old audio waves there. Just to fucking oh, rub it in. That's so funny. I've actually got sweat on from that. Yeah, what, same nothing? <laughs> nothing nothing. My tail. That that belongs. Yeah, we should do a whole series upon Jack's valiant effort okay. to drink for four days in Jesus. a row. Jesus, my one yeah. of my oldest friends couldn't even <laughs> gift me a little <laughs> or something. Like just no, something. it wasn't that. I didn't think it was funny. It's a funny story that you drunk for four days. But I was like, oh, but you do that anyway. <laughs> You've done that before. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's got something this else. This is he's... why it's different. It's like the old fucking the old bull. He can't, you know, he, he's past it, or is he? No, he's still no. got some fight in him. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you've still got enough in you to drink hot cans in a field for days Exactly, in a row. hot cans. You don't even know the amount of Rennies I was fucking down in on that well, thing. from one hero to another, let's go on to today's topic. swiftly into. Caradog. Um Let's, let's Which, see if he's done anything in his fucking valley as me, shall God, no... Oh, God, I'm actually... I'm I'm over... I'm hot. I'm going to take a second to fucking cool down. <laughs> Your body's too vibra- vibrating yeah. too much from the giggles. <laughs> right, so... A little backstory. So if you'd listened to last week's episode, Jack did a fantastic job of covering the Celts in Wales. But no, I'm going to do a quick... Uh, but did he also he did a fantastic job of drinking four days in a row <laughs> let I mind you in a row and a little oh, boy couldn't keep up with him you are fucking misrepresenting my tale I'm not having it <laughs> I think I'm perfectly representing your tale you're boiling it down to a very bad synopsis okay bad <laughs> that's bad alright anyway go on so, tell us about bloody Carrado come on a little back history of the Celts in Wales so so long before the Romans and their fancy la-di-da road shuffled away across Europe and changed the reality of Britain before that the Celts came to these green and pleasant lands from you said places like France Germany but lots of what we call mm. like the Mediterranean um, early sources place Celts in Western Europe and also occupying lines the headwaters of the Dunabi River. You mentioned that as well, I think. Uh, I didn't um, mention the river, but yes, that is true, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I won't go over that. Just listen to last week's episode. It's a really good episode. So there were, like, some classical writers have recorded a huge, large-scale migration of Celts soon after 400 BC. We know the Celts came somewhere between 1,000 and 600 BC, but a really big migration of that came around 400 BC from Central Europe and Northern Italy and Eastern Europe. I don't know why Northern Italy gets there. Yeah, Northern Italy gets mentioned a lot when you're talking about the I old Celtic civilization. I are from there, so I imagine maybe that's why it's That's probably distinct. maybe the first encounter they had with the, uh, yeah, the Celts or something. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned earlier as well, it's, you know, when, when you say, oh, it could be 1000 BC or 600 BC, yeah. 
it was quite a differential. But like I, like we said in the last episode, the only people that were in Britain before them were Neanderthals that were wiped out way before. Very true. And like how yeah. much was being written down then? You know, how could you even tell? Yeah. Like yeah. when that was. But what we do know is they lived through the Iron Age, the Roman Age, and then partly through the post-Roman Age. Um, today, Wales is seen as a Celtic nation, and the Welsh Celts—the Welsh Celts—is something we often feel that defines us as being different from England, and something I think a lot of us are quite proud to be associated with. Like mostly because they came across these maniacs and legends whenever they're depicted on telly. They're like unruly and untamable. Um, but there wasn't just one nation of Celts, in quotations. Um, if you listen to Jack's episode that came out last week, you'll know um, that in Wales, Celtic formed four or five tribal peoples. We say five because me and Jack had a rage and argument about oh, who yeah. those five if were. If you haven't listened to the last argument, you want to see us falling out? Fucking go yeah. back. Go you think back this was action. frosty to begin with? <laughs> no. It's yeah. just that there was a well, part of that's why it was tribe. frosty. There's so much resentment <laughs> there still. <laughs> so just in case you didn't hear last week's episode, I'll quickly recap. By the time of the Roman invasion of Britain, there were four tribal peoples occupied four areas of modern day Wales. They were the Ordovices, Northwest. Yeah, Ordovices or whatever. I don't know how exactly yeah. to spell it. Yeah, no, that sounds better, mate. Ordovices, uh, Northwest, the De Sangli. Uh Dekiangli. I I, I <laughs> yes, used it like Northeast. Like the English, uh, sorry, the the Welsh pronunciation of the C, you know, instead of doing like a, Dec- a yeah, S. yeah, okay. So I was like Dekiangli, that's what I went for. Dekiangli, northeast, mm. the Demete, Demete, south Demete, yeah, yeah. And then the Salers, Salers, Salers. Anything yeah. more from the bar, Salers? <laughs> Can you say the four of them? And then the, the, Jack uh, also had a fifth one in his, but it was mostly in England with a little bit in Powers That was a um, contentious one, though, that one. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me find it now. Um, ba 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 Yeah, so it was the Dekiangli in the northeast, the Ordovices in the northwest, um, the Demete in the southwest, and then the Ciliars in the southeast. Thank you very much. So now this episode's no going to focus primarily on the Ciliars, or more so their leader. So, known in Brythonic, he was uh, Karatakos. In Middle Welsh, he was Karatuk. In Modern Welsh, he's called Karadog. In Breton, he was called Karadeg. In Greek, Karapatok. Mm. And in Latin, Karatakos. So you might know him as Karatakos. And we know yeah, him as Karadog. Yeah, I didn't Karadog. know they had... Of course, he, I, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know why I didn't think this, but he would well, have names in all the Celtic sort of... Um, and Some languages and stuff. He it? was he became so prevalent and famous and renowned that there was a name for him in pretty much all the countries. So that it kind of speaks to his fame that they all had a separate name for him. But I'm going to stick to his Welsh name, so Caradog. Um, and this man deserves more episodes dedicated to him. So maybe we'll do a backstory and focus on other elements of his life because he became mm, a leader. He's a big boy. Si- he was, but he wasn't always the leader of the Ciliers, uh, or Ciliers, how do you say it? Ciliaries? Ciliers, I say it. Ciliers. I don't know if that's right. So he was a leader of... Ciliers. Uh, and now I'm going to struggle with this one as well. He was a leader of the Catavalani tribe. Do you want to say it? Perfect, mate. That's how I would oh. say it. Catavalani, well, the, yeah. The Catavalani tribe found in England, and he had a strong but ultimately failed resistance from the Romans. Again, Jack covered all this well last week, so go back and listen to that. Um, apparently, whilst the Roman legion were fighting in Gaul, some of the Belgae tribe of Celts found today in the northeast France and Belgium, they scarpered to Britain. And there's another one you mentioned. Is that who you mentioned? The Ve- the Vigici? Oh, the Venetti were the ones I Venetti. mentioned. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're in so, North northern Brittany there. Yeah. Or where, and, then, rather. and in Belgium, there are also some, this tribe called the Belgae. Um, and this, so when the Romans were fighting them, they saw that they crossed over the river to Dover. Uh, they crossed over the river to England. And the Romans then, after conquering them, they started to follow the suit. They followed those who escaped and then just followed them, knowing there was a group of Celts on this new land they'd seen in right, as yeah. Britain. We also they, we knew that they knew about Britain beforehand from trade routes and stuff we discussed before, but this was the first time they turned their eye to thinking, right, we're going to conquer. And I suppose, yeah, because they were escaped enemies, if you like, there's that yeah, more, there's more of a... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this led Caesar and his ships to follow over, and they ended up landing in Dover around 55 BC. Uh, now, the Roman Empire probably knew, like I just said, they knew um, Britain was there and there was already well-established trade routes and they'd uh, put like for centuries beforehand. Um, but this was the first time a Roman leader had stood on terra firma. Um, terra he stayed, firma? Uh, that's, I think that's what they call like something in space. <laughs> I just mean, this is the first time he stood on the, the earth in Britain. Um, he right, stayed yeah. for a week 
uh, and he took in the sights and he probably had some bloody old fish and chips and a lovely pot of bitter. <laughs> yeah. What, a steak and ale pie, yeah? Oh, what That's a lovely... Right. Batter sausage? Pie and mash, please, Gavna. All right, my love. <laughs> then he <laughs> fucked off back to the continent for some fucking tapas. Um, and now some people say this is where his famous Vinny Vidivici statement comes from, which means I came, I saw it conquered. However, oh, no. most people debunk that, and they think it really came after he beat. He, uh, they think it came after he won a battle in Asia Minor, which is now Turkey, or Asia Minor, which is now Turkey. Gotcha. But yeah. Uh, so the Romans decided to start their conquest in 43 AD. Uh, so that's nearly a, a hundred years after Caesar came to Britain. So that's uh, right. Just yeah. Check. yeah. Um, they sent a bloke called Platius. Is that what you said his name was? Platius. It's all right. I actually, I'm gonna leave us all this in. That dude, Jack's episode covered it. We're laughing. And like, so they sent a bloke over uh, the merry old channel with a fuck off army of. Did yours have four legions and auxiliary forces? That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, which equated to a whopping 40,000 soldiers. Um, and I can't believe we just said the word whopping. <laughs> Did a Clarkson. If, what a whopping. <laughs> a whopping 40,000. I'm Clarkson. If I told you I'd bring 30,000 troops, <laughs> you think I was lying. If I told you it was 40,000, you think I was mad. <laughs> it was the Fuck biggest off, Roman right? army If I told you <laughs> I was going 40,000 legionnaires, you think I was crackers. Fuck off, what do you Clark. think of that, Hammond? But <laughs> yeah. Hamster, <laughs> fuck off, Clarkson. Fuck off, mate. So now this is us being more accurate. In the History of Wales, which is a book by John Davis, you know we said we're going to be more accurate this year, sorry, mm. this this season. Um, the in, there's a really, really fantastic book called The History of Wales by John Davis. Um, he explains that although the island of Britain was only a 13th of the territory of the Roman uh, Empire, it was unnecessary to deploy a tenth of the army for centuries due to the ferocity of the Brits. So, you I mean, you've got to hand this little island. We are ferocious. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I, l- I always it. love... The, the, the term ferocious <clears throat> comes up so much in these, like, when you <laughs> yeah. in the, in the research. Like, not just, like, aggressive or whatever that, but yeah. uh, there could be any sort of... Um, you know, so you could pick a th- you could pick up a th- thesaurus and pick another word, but ferocious comes up a lot. It makes it sound like they were really nasty bastards. So, yeah, Britain was a 13th of the uh, territory of the Roman army, but he knew a 10th of the army here. And by 47 AD, so four years after the conquest started, the pesky Romans had conquered the Britons, or the Britons, uh, who were the Celtic tribes of southern Britain. That's B-R-Y-T-H-O-N-S. And like you mentioned yeah, last Britonics, week. The yeah. The Bretonics, that yeah. And the, the way you spell that changes now after, because of the, the Roman invasion. Um, so now they turn their focus to Wales, specifically southeast Wales, where the Ciliers were. Um, and as time goes by, the Ciliers became one of the biggest thorns in the side of the Romans. They were ruthless, barbaric, brave, wild, mad, and they knew this land far better than the invaders. Um, at this time, their leader was Captain Caradog. Um, he had joined them after losing his kingdom of Catavalani, which was one of the Brythonic tribes in southern Britain I just mentioned. Um, but apparently he had like, a really strong resistance for years, but like he said last week, um, the Romans kept throwing more and more at him, and they fell back. His brother died, and he retreated, heading back west to Wales. Yeah, um, he actually was... Um, I don't know if you're going to say this, so cut this if you are going to say this, and I'll act surprised, but um, the reason he hated the Romans is because his father um, promised land, you know, obviously on his death, promised lands to his brothers and whatever, and the Romans were real dicks about it, and they, did, they didn't acknowledge his... Um, uh, his will, or not oh, will, but inher- his, yeah. his inheritance, yeah. and they tried to take lands back that they didn't rightfully own, which made the brothers really anti-Roman, and that's what sort of spurred them on. Oh no, I wasn't going to go with that. Um, so I'll act surprised. <laughs> what? They did what? But now the Romans were hell bent on conquering Wales, and they had sent two permanent legionary fortresses on the Welsh border: one in Chester in the north, and then one in Wales in Caerleon in the south. Um, so the Romans now were the richest, best trained, best equipped, most skilled fighters the world had ever seen at this point. Um, but fighting in Britain was new to them in terms of having to fight in valleys and on peats and on marshlands and having to deal with this guerrilla fighting rather than open field real battles, something the Romans struggled with a lot in Britain. A classic um, Welsh defence. Classic you might Welsh. Say. And uh, I was just going to say, like, Caradog embodies that guerrilla fighter, uh, and that's something that mm. Wales has like, uh, constantly shown throughout its history, is that we always use nature, we always use the land that we know to be our, like, uh, yeah. an addition in the I know battlefield. It's, 
it's a bit strange that we say, oh, it's a classic Welsh tactic. At this point, it wasn't a classic Welsh tactic, I suppose, because it was like the first time they'd probably had to use it. But yeah, they'd never by been medieval before, times. By, yeah. By medieval times, that's like, you know, thousands Go of years to. of using yeah. this. In football, Jack, you call that Route 1 football. We're like, Route we're 1 football. Stick, yeah. I was just about to say 4 4 2. That's a 4 4 2 defence, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. We're a classic purple patch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Caradog uh, uh, embodied this guerrilla fighter. So he attacked regiments from thick forests and steep valleys and as they were crossing rivers. And he'd ambush them and their wagons as they rolled over difficult peat terrain. They'd sling stones, spears, javelins. So he'd run in with hand-to-hand combat. The Roman legions in their plates of armour um, and the Celts, these Celts specifically, bollock naked. Um, so they'd be there fighting very quickly. There'd be a quick slash and, you know, a hand-to-hand fighting and then all of a sudden they'd be gone. They'd throw everything at them for a few minutes and they'd scarp and vanish like your dad did when you were younger. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> such a long setup, and you had to do it, didn't you? Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> and when, why, when, when, why are you after me this, this, hey, <laughs> this you, session? You love a little joke like that. <laughs> I love just being involved. I love being a centre of yeah. attention. Um, anyway. Uh, and when Canada did fight on open ground... Uh, in a real battle formation. So like I said before, Kanadog mostly fought in this guerrilla style, but he would occasionally fight a real... When I say real, I mean like in the sense of how you'd see in a movie where you have one army Yeah, a, like... Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean, like on an, um, a flat land sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, when he did do that, his men never formed orderly ranks, so the Romans didn't quite know how to defend or attack because they're an orthodox mm. way of battling. So the Romans, who were disciplined and had this very regimented way of fighting, they were then... They'd see these like troops just moving around. nowhere. It was very, very... like. It's confusing and difficult to know when to attack or when you're being tricked or when you went to defend. I can imagine, yeah. like, with the, the Celts as well. This is another thing that I didn't... Um, you know, I mentioned in the last episode that the uh, Celts invented um, chainmail. And, yeah. like, another thing you don't realise is Celts use chariots quite a lot. Yeah, I know. That, um, and then they just disappear. Like, chariots yeah. are really prevalent in this. And I then think, they fuck I off. I think it's because, if you think about it, they're not really that great. Like, with cavalry... Yeah. You can charge a formation with a chariot. The horse might get through, and then you might like get your chariot caught. You know, yeah, and then you're stuck. Yeah, they're more for like running circles around people and just like hurling javelins and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing they weren't they they weren't as big on the bow as like we expect people in Wales to be. The bow was like spear yeah, spears and javelins, javelins, stones. So yeah, so his men were also really famed for fighting until the last breath. You know, they'd fight up until death. As in, yeah. when they were in a real open battle, they were just battled until they died, which meant they, the Romans never had anyone to chase or find out where Caradog's main camp was. They, they never oh, took any it, prisoners because yeah. they were just dead and they would never retreat. Well, they, um, they had a similar, uh, not too different, actually. Um, it's like Vikings style. Similar to Vikings. In, yeah. It wasn't like a Valhalla situation, but it was like a, they believed in a good death. And they yeah. knew, yeah. you know, like dying well yeah. was like a, a thing to them that if it, if you if you died for your country or your your, your tribe, if you like, oh. then you you'd be promised something good in the afterlife. Also, by this stage, they'd been fighting the Romans for a long time, and they saw what the Romans did to prisoners. You know, they they saw that they want yeah. there was they can't just run. You have to by one time. I think it's there's done. no point running. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. No. Um, and, and so in 49 AD, the Romans established a really contemporary, very powerful military base at Gloucester. Which is now Gloucester Services. It's not, but what a service station that is! Absolutely banging. It is one <laughs> yeah, of the most contemporary, powerful uh, service stations I will, in the world uh, of the UK. I'll say uh, credit with the credits to yeah. Romans. You've, <laughs> yeah. you've done a it's blind second, there, second only to T Bay on the Scottish English border, which I imagine was also a Roman outpost. But it's a fucking banging service station. I haven't been there, but I'm going to stick oh, it on my list. It's T Bay. It's got like a butcher's there. It's got a bakery. It's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's good. I went, uh, yeah, there I went there in Donington with... on the back for uh, on the way back from <laughs> download. I tell you what, I can tell you, no Roman designed that because <laughs> no. it is bloody really rubbish. Lee de la Mer, not too bad, but uh, you know, we won't get into the service <laughs> station chat here. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> So, um, yeah, when this big, they set up this giant, powerful military base in Gloucester, um, Canada decided now it was time to retreat his forces into the land of the Odyphyses uh, and the Decangli, the ones he's mentioned earlier. Uh, yeah, Decangli, so, De- 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 that's what I call so them. Those I in, again, I have no idea yeah. if what I'm saying is correct. But, but for context, that's the ones in the northwest mm. and the northeast. Just, mm. um, so, um, those are the two, yeah, like I mentioned, they were the two tribes in the north of Wales. 
And whilst he was there, he didn't live some bookish life. He used his army to continue terrorising the Romans, but he realised he couldn't keep retreating forever, mostly because there's nowhere left to retreat to. They're in North Wales now, you can't mm. go anywhere else. And he had around 30,000 warriors to his name, and he decided it was time to get rich or die trying, a.k.a. it was time to stand up and be accounted for. So now, no, um, unlike our previous episodes, we've got... <laughs> we got history stuff written down. Like, we've actually got our books to help us um, with a bit exactly. more of the detail. Um, and you mentioned before, Tacitus, or Tat- I always call him Tacitus, but it's Tacitus. Oh, Tacitus, yeah, yeah. Tacitus, yeah. Um, Tacitus? Tacitus, that's what I Tacitus, Tacitus, Tacitus. So I'm going to read from the Roman historian. So keep saying absolute... it different to me. We keep going, yeah, yeah, and then saying it differently to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomicus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tacitus. Tacitus? Ta- Tacitus. 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 <laughs> Say it with so me. Now, so now, we have a... We have a uh, so I'm going to read to you um, from this little boffin. Tacitus. Tacitus. Tacitus, yeah. yeah, there we go, you got Tacitus, it. Tacitus, yeah, Tacitus, and he was famed uh, for writing down battles and of history, so he was like an absolute square, he jotted everything down. He said Boffin. about uh, the Roman army marching towards this big battle that was going to be coming up, um, the army marched against the city is a naturally fierce people and now full of confidence of the might of Caraticus, which is Caradog's name in Roman, in Latin. Uh, so, like I said, uh, full of confidence in the might of Caraticus, who by many an indecisive and many a successful battle had raised himself far above all other generals of Britons, inferior in military strength, but deriving an advantage from a deceptiveness of the country, as in he could use the country to his aid. Yeah, uh, He once shifted stuff. the war by a stratagem into the territory of the Ordovices, yeah, where joined by all who dreaded peace with us, he resolved a final struggle. So what he's saying there is he went up to these other tribes and said, listen, lads, let's use this country that we know is ours. Let's fucking have one last scrap. Yes, um, a scrap, boy. Uh, and now because they mentioned Craddock's men didn't have armour. I know you said they made it, but they, he didn't. They, them, this particular tribe thought better to fight nimbly without armour. Well, think, um, you know, as they might have made, like, invented chainmail, but, how, you know, back then, how long do you think it would make to make, yes. like, a coat of chainmail? It would have cut, yeah. taken fucking forever. You can't, like, outfit yeah. an army with that. No, true. Um, so they were, had, they were outnumbered, they were outskilled, outarmoured, and they had, and they outdisciplined. Um, so he was really careful in picking his battleground because he knew all this. Like you know, he, he's aware that he's he's fighting the best army the world's ever seen, um, and he also he's picking this battleground knowing it's probably going to be his last battle. Mm. He was um, so he picked the rolling hills that had a river around it in a place called Ashtgethin, which is west of Carisus, uh, so like mm. mid Wales area. And Caradog knew the Romans wanted to find his camp. For years they've been trying to find his camp, but they just couldn't find it. Because back then as well, Wales was so thick in forest. It was an ancient oh, rainforest. Yeah. How hard would it be to, to yeah. traverse like anywhere? Uh, you know, basically uh, when the Roman the reason like um the Silurian sort of uh, area got so Romanized is because they built all the forts and roads. Yeah. It was easier to navigate, you know, up north and um uh, to the southwest. It was still like thick forest and like. Well, it's, it's called an manner. ancient forest, which means it's mm. like, you know, it's been there. It, the ancient forest survived up until Edward I when he cut it all down to mm. fuel his war machine against the Welsh and also to stop the Welsh hiding in the forest because it was, it's yeah. proper thick wood. You mentioned uh, and that it covered. Before, Ed, Ed, yeah. Old Longshanks, the old fucking lumberjack Bastard. himself. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the only time it cut, got as the for, deforested was when the government needed to get more wood for the Second and First World War. Um, and they are doing efforts to make Wales a forest country again, but this whole land, especially like mid-Wales, South Wales, going up to North Wales, was covered. It was covered, trees. yeah. Yeah. So Cradog, he knew the Romans were trying to find his camp, uh, but he, he thought, he, he never really showed where he was, but he thought, no, do you know what, I'm going to drag them to me. Um, so he built a new hill fort with the occasional stone wall, a, a stone wall at different parts of the hill to appear um, as like little places his men could hide behind. He built spear mm. traps and other rudimentary defences. Um, and he'd sent his men out over, like, I think it was over two years to lure the Romans to him. He didn't want to play it too obvious. So he got his, he ordered his men to employ guerrilla tactics and launch attacks. And they'd attack, they'd run back far enough to bring the Romans edging closer to his new camp. And um, he... Actually, absolute Celtic Rambo. Using <laughs> yeah. Fucking traps. Yeah, he's got the old uh, fucking Home Alone tactic on the go. 
And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say Celtic Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> you little snat weasel. Um, so the, he, um, the governor of Britannia then, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> so he... Um, he uh, um, what does he say when he sees his brother's uh, girlfriend? When he looks at her oh, <laughs> Caranicus, woof. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so he positioned this camp in a way that was quite easily detected in an attempt to lure the full Roman army away from these bases they'd set up. Um, but he did it in a way that it was over two years, so the Romans were just getting fucking terrorized, and they were, you know, they, they, it was terror. It was a real war tactic to like slowly and surely oh, break just, them down. Yeah, so they were like fucking coming out. Yeah, 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 and it worked. And after about two years of being played, the Romans found the camp and and Ostorius Scapula. Uh, Ostorius Scapula, who I often call Pistorius. Um, Oscar Pistorius. Oscar yeah, Pistorius, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ostorius Pistorius. Uh, he got his army and he finally found out and he's like marched towards where they were. And this battle was huge. It meant everything to the Celts. If they won, they would drive the Romans essentially out of Wales. But it also <coughs> meant loads to the Roman soldiers. Initially, uh, their leader, Ostorius, he didn't want the battle, but the Roman lads had been attacked for so long. They wanted to call an end to being haunted by the Celts throughout this land. So they I all can imagine buffing. them just being like, look, I, I'm not up for a fight because I've been fucking, my morale's been chipped away at, but also, can this just end? Like, I don't mind going into a <laughs> well, big scrap, but well, can we just call our boy, it a day? Our old boffin, Tacicus, I'm going to call him Tacky. Fuck it, I'm calling him mm. Tacky. Deal with that. Tacky saw that Oscar Pistorius or Ostorius Capilla. He saw Caradog rallying his men and seeing them in a feverish attitude. And the Celts, Tacky said, he said, such enthusiasm confounded the Roman general. And the river, the river was in his face. The rampant he thought was too high up. So I'll read verbatim of what, what Tacky said. He said, such enthusiasm confounded the Roman general. The river too in his face. The rampant they had added to it. The frowning hilltops. The stern resistance and the masses of fighting men everywhere. The, the masses of fighting men everywhere apparent daunted him. So that's him saying, like, uh, Oscar, not Oscar Pistorius, <laughs> uh, this, this Roman, <laughs> the Roman general, leader, yeah. the Roman leader was like, shit, I, I, they're on the hill, we got a river behind us, um, they yeah. are fucking wild for it. Um, uh, he sounded like he was boy. fucking pupping himself a little bit. Yeah. And, he, like, and probably just being a clever it. general, thinking this is going to be a tough battle. We're in a bit um, of a box here, like, yeah. But like we just mentioned a minute ago, the Roman troops who at this point had been trudging around Wales after Caraticus for some years, oh, sorry, Caradog for so many years, they were really eager to fucking nip this in the bud. Um, mm. And Taki said uh, his soldiers insisted on battle, exclaiming that valour would overcome all things and that the prefects and tribunes with similar language simulated the adored of the troops. So Taki wrote that Caradog and his chieftains, like, they were, it was, this was the battle they had to do. The, the, so Celts were up for it, the Romans were up for it. Uh, Taki also went on. I can't believe I called him Taki, but I just, I'm going to have It's all right, yeah. yeah. I'm sure he'd love so, it, mate. He'd be proud to be <laughs> yeah. on this part. Taki wrote that Caradog and his chieftains were giving speeches that were causing the, tel- the Celts to enthuse so much that the hills shook. Caradog was running mm. from section to section, installing bravery and madness and anger and vengeance, all this stuff whipping them up. So I quote, um, he went rank to rank, encouraging and confirming the spirit of their men by making light of their fears, kindling their hopes, and by every other warlike incitement. Uh, as for Caraticus, he flew hither and thither, protesting that that day he protesting that that day and that battle would be the beginning of the recovery of their freedom or the everlasting bondage. He appealed by name to their forefathers who had driven back the dictator Caesar, by whose valour they were free from the Roman axe and tribute, and still preserved inviolate the person of their wives and their children. Which, while thus speaking, the host shouted applause, while every warrior bounded himself to the national oath not to shrink from weapons or wounds. So he was given a proper speech to the I, I tell you what, should we sack the pot off? We'll go march on Parliament. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite keen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so inspired. Well, however, the time for words has ended, and now it's time for actions to begin. And as the Romans begin marching through the river and start going up the hill, 
some hidden Celts who are tucked away rush from the flanks and start attacking with spears and stones and the occasional hand-to-hand fighting. And then again, they rush away and they're gone within a second. So it's that chaotic manner again. So the minute this battle starts, they're already being this fucking guerrilla's tactics. Um, but once the, the Celts have rushed back and as the Romans now properly start much up this hill for, the sky apparently turned black with a giant volley of tens of thousands of spears and arrows in one big flurry. And that caused a huge loss to those auxiliary soldiers who we mentioned before. So they're the light yeah. armored soldiers who um, who didn't have yeah, the fall. Yeah, then they're fodder basically. You know, yeah. like when I, we, I know we mention all the time, but when you play uh, medieval total war yeah. and you get the militia the in, yeah, the militia. they're just yeah, they're just your fucking fodder guys, yeah. aren't they? Well, after they got a bit of a batter in, the Romans whipped out the the old tortoise, the famous Testada yeah. formation. Testada, uh, so, that's it. Yeah. So I'm sure you all know this, but it's that famous Roman tactic of creating a shell out of shields, meaning they can march up and with them barrages of arrows, shields and spears and all that, uh, stones and spears and stuff. And like we've talked about this before, the longbow doesn't come into effect to Wales until about the 11th century. So if they did have any bows, they really they were they weren't armor piercing at all. Um, no. So old Takiro, when they reached the barrier. Um, it was a long fight with missiles, and the wounds and the slaughter fell chiefly on our soldiers. But when we formed the military testado, and the rude, ill-compacted fence of stones was torn down, and it was equal hand-to-hand engagement, the barbarians retired to the heights. Yet even there, both light and heavy-armoured soldiers rushed to the attack. The first harassed the foe with missiles, with the latter closed with them, and with the opposing ranks of the Britons were broken, destitute as they were of the defence of breastplates and helmets, meaning they didn't have any armour on them. Um, mm. And when we faced, and when, when they faced the auxiliaries, they were felled by the swords and the javelins of the legionnaires. And if they turned round, they were met with the sabres and spears of the auxiliaries. So now they've been pincered in. So they had this big tortoise formation going up the hill, taking yeah. all their front. And when they when the the, the tortoise, tortoise formation got through, they were fighting hand to hand, and that gave chance for the, the auxiliaries to come behind them and throw their spears and axes, all that stuff at them. Yeah. Well, I um, I've read that like. Um... <clears throat> the Romans at the time, uh, the, the actual Romans now, the centurions, they were like unparalleled in like sort of close quarters yeah. as well. So if you got in with them, unless you were fucking something special, you were gonna go down. So that's why the Celts loved uh, the quick guerrilla tactics because you just you couldn't yeah. really fight them unless you had a silly number advantage, which we never did. Well, now that the the Celts they had no real plan and it was just vicious mm. fighting that resulted in huge losses on both sides. But the Romans could always be replenished, and Caradog knew that they couldn't win, and the Romans now were up the hill, so he called his men to retreat as best they could. Um, Caradog got his away, got away, but his wife and children were captured. So he fled north, seeking refuge among the Brigantes, the Br- Brigantes. But the, That's right, yeah, uh, sort of um, North England-y place. Isn't yeah, it? so the queen, the Brigantian queen, Caratamandua, uh, Katamandua depended on Rome for a personal position so she was like in the pocket of Rome already so when he rocked up there asking for refuge she took him in and then fucking snaked him and handed him over to the Romans oh, what a fucking so, yeah. snake <laughs> yeah. in the grass Rat dog. so they sent him over to Rome in chains and he got shipped off there he was reunited with his family as a prisoner um but as he was going across, to Caradog's surprise, his fame and clout and respect as a warrior was now well renowned far outside of Britain, and he and his family were the central attraction of a triumphal parade to the streets of Rome before the Emperor Claudius. Um, Caradog's defeat was publicly likened by the senators to some of Rome's greatest ever victory. So beating Caradog was up there with one of the best things he'd ever done. Mm. And Oscar Pistorius, Ostorius Scapula, was <laughs> awarded the triumphal ornaments for defeating him. Um... And after all this backslapping and parading these bar- like these poor barbaric captures, the pomp captives, and ceremony, like, yeah. yeah. Um, at the end of this like big ceremony, it was normal practice then for them to be the prisoners to be executed either by way of like combat, you know, getting killed by fucking gladiators, getting eaten by tigers, yeah. all that shit. However, Caradog, not only being master of the sword, he's also master of the words, and he gave a speech Oof. that persuaded Claudius to spare him and his family. Um, he was actually granted freedom and he travelled the neighbouring islands and provinces and his fame was like growing more and more. He was kind of like a celebrity. Um, he was actually, when he got to Italy, parts of Italy, they actually did celebrate him. They had like a, 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 like, uh, a holiday when he arrived to celebrate him. So, uh, Taki wrote, All were eager to see the great man who for so many years had defied our power. Even at Rome, the name Caraticus was no obscure one, and the emperor, while he exalted his own glory, enhanced the renown of the vanquished. The people were summoned as a grand spectacle. 
they came in the procession of royal vassals and the ornaments and neck chains and spoils which the king had won in wars to work from other tribes. So everything that Caraticus has won had been taken as well to show off as like, look how much this man has won. Now we've beaten him as well. Now we um, get it, yeah. And he went on to say, next we were to be seen his brothers, his wife, his daughter, and last of all, Caraticus himself. All of the rest stooped in their fear to abject speculate, supplication, but not the king. As in, Caradagos didn't even look scared when he was imprisoned. Mm. Um, he was just still there, like, kind of uh, heroic and not that bothered. Um, so Tatticus, uh, he would have been a small child when all this happened, but the reports, um, but he reports Caradagos' words verbatim. So people think he was either given to them on a scroll or he was so like so keen about writing shit down that even as a young kid, he wrote down exactly what was said. He was um, a, a boffin, to be fair. Yeah, through and through. Yeah. Do you want to hear what he noted down that Caradog said that saved his life? So do you want to hear what Caradog said to save his life? Of course, I want to see. It was, he's obviously, like you said, they were customarily executed, weren't they? So yeah. he must have said some pretty fucking hot shit. To get out, yeah. of de- get out of boiling water, and I and I read that he knew Latin because he'd been fighting them for so long, and he'd kept, you know, by that time he knew Latin. Oh, learn to, to learn the this. tongue of my the enemy. enemy. Yeah. I like that. So bear with me, but he said, "Had my moderation in prosperity been equal to my noble birth and fortune, should I have entered this city as your friend rather than as your captive, and you would not have disdained to receive under a treaty of peace a king descended from illustrious ancestors and ruling many nations?" So you said, "Like if you'd have met me like how I am, I'm a king. I have a fucking mm. all this stuff beneath me. Like if it as wasn't for battle, you'd see me yeah. as a castle." Yeah. He went, "My present mm. lot is as glorious to you as it is degrading to myself. I had men and horses, arms and wealth. What one." if I parted with them reluctantly if you Romans choose to lord it over the world does it follow that the world is to accept slavery were I to have been at once delivered up as a prisoner neither my fall nor your triumph would have been famous you say like if I gave up straight away you'd have achieved nothing because I fight for this yeah Yeah. my punishment would be to be followed by oblivion whereas if you save my life I shall be an everlasting memorial of your clemency Upon this, the emperor granted pardon to Caraticus, his wife and his brothers and his children. So they were released from their bonds um, and they weren't allowed to go back home, but they were allowed to stay in, in thingy as, as no longer prisoners, as kind of people, um, as a liberated person who'd been conquered. And really what he was saying is, like, how can you have a go at me? Like, if someone invaded your country, what would you do? I'm a king. I was in charge yeah. of these men, these horses. Like, of course I have to fight back. You're asking me to do something that's not within nature. And they were like, yeah, no, I, lo- I absolutely love that. To say, like, you know, do you, do you ex- when you land on my shores sort of thing, do you yeah. expect me to just in- accept Roll that I'm going to be a slave or a fucking whatever? And, you know, of course I'm going to fight back. Like, don't be, don't be a bl- bunch and of bloody he's also Roman thickos. Pl- playing on their, like, ego by saying, like, I've given you better honour because I didn't accept it. Like, if I were just to roll over and take it, where would your triumph and fame be? Like, it's because of how brave and strong I was that you you had a story to tell. Well, what is funny is, well, like, Caraticus, so after his liberation, he became, he he gave a bit of a slight dig to our humble Welsh background. Uh, Mm. According to Dio Cassius, Caradog was so impressed by the city of Rome, um, Dio Cassius said, Caraticus, a barbarian chieftain who was captured and brought to Rome and later pardoned by Claudius, he wandered about the city after his liberation. And after beholding its splendour and magnitude, he explained, Can ye then, who have such great possessions and so many of them, cover our poor huts? So he's asking, How can you, with all this, look at our shit buildings? Like, yeah, I want that as well. Let's be honest, though. That's a Roman fucking historian going like, yeah, and then the uh, the boy that we fucking <laughs> beat, he came, he came to my house, right, and he said it was way fucking better than yours, so like, Although, get over it. I mean, you look at Rome, and you look at Iron Age huts and stuff, <laughs> you think, yeah, that's true, the Roman yeah. bath might yeah. be a bit better. You've been to St. Fagans, mate, you think that looks it like is, Rome? It is yeah. mad how <laughs> advanced the Romans were, isn't it? Like, it's crazy how good their shit was. The thing is, you th- I, I always think that because they had such a wide empire... They oh, got true. like they just steal everyone else's. every like every every thing they conquer and they get something. Oh, this is a bit new yeah. and this is better than what we have. They just yeah. incorporate that and that's true. how they became the best. Yeah, fair enough. And sorry, oh fuck, right off. Yeah, the so, shit. yeah. Um, stop having an opinion. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, well, that's the end of Caradog. I uh, I hope you enjoyed. That was excellent. I've I, I didn't realize like my book that I read sort of touches on him a little bit and gives a little bit of like sort of detail but nowhere near as much as what you just give there uh, so uh, 
So I read a lot of that in a book called Battles for Wales, which is the book spin-off of Tales for Wales. But it, it chronologizes um, all the battles from around, like him, from him pretty much up until like the battle for the Welsh language. And it covers like it's maybe 20 battles in there and it, it does specific battles, which I really enjoy. Like it, it gives a, and it helps you realize why. So at the end of every battle, then it will cover on to the next battle and what's happened in between. And um, yeah, he was, Caradog was like the last resistance to the Celts that gave a real, real resistance to a Roman. Oh, I'll have to, uh, I'm nicking that book from you, mate. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll bring it over. You'll really like it. I, I, I love it. And it's small, it's easy to read. It's, mm. it's like a... It's, it's a small, it's like yeah. simple words. Well, it's, it's, font, about, you know? it's about 150 pages, but it's about a square size of a bigger postcard. It's not a fucking yeah. mammoth, so it's not too big. No, that um, good, well, that's it then. Um, yeah, so if you. We got a really good lineup for this series. We're really happy with what we got planned for it. Um, but as always, drop us a message if you've got anything you'd like us to cover. And thanks for being with us so far on the journey. And uh, that's yeah, it. I follow um, as as usual. Follow the follow the socials and all that. Do your reviews. We always appreciate. It. And also, if you do a five star review now, then we'll you might, if you're lucky, read out. Uh, so yeah. you know, think about it. Think about it, baby. All right, Catch you soon. They wanted Britain's riches for their empire, copper, gold, and silver were things that they desired. Feasts and gladiators were Roman pleasures. Theatres and hypocausts were Roman treasures. The Romans were victorious. Their reign was glorious. They changed the Celtic way of life. With roads and baths and settlements and Roman decadence, they ruled this land for 400 years. Somebody tried to fight them. Her name was Boudicca. She was a queen, a warrior of the Iceni tribe. Her army marched to Colchester and burned the temples down. They marched on to London, then on to St. Albans. The Romans were more organized. And to the Celts' surprise, the Romans got the upper hand and crushed the rebellion. Rather than be prisoner, the Iceni queen Boudicca planned her own demise. She drank poison and died. The Romans were victorious. Their reign was glorious. They changed the Celtic way of life. With roads and baths and settlements and Roman decadence, they ruled this land for 400.